my editing bay and all that kind of stuff is that's where that is. My editing bay sounds so uh, bougie. It is. My, I my editing bay. I finally have like all my stuff in one place. Like I have a drawer to my left that has like adapters for my MacBook Pro. I have um, everything else, like camera equipment, batteries to the drawer to my right. I have hard drives in the drawer below that. Like it's, it's a beautiful thing. Hard drives to the left of me, dongles to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Welcome to episode seven of Correspondence Podcast. John, how are you today? I am amazed that we're on episode seven. So we had this discussion before we started recording about which episode is truly wrong. And I said four, to which John responded, no, if technically we're actually on episode seven, which I responded with many questions. But what's the story there, John? Uh, episode one, two, and three don't count in all areas that I can think of in any context in which there is an episode one, two, or three, yep. they should not be acknowledged by anyone. Sure. So here's the deal, listeners. Uh, if you want to hear episode one, two, and three, this is our, our stipulations. We have to currently be fired from whatever company we're working for, which will go unrenamed. We'll have to have over a hundred thousand subscribers, active listeners to this podcast, and we will actually produce a Patreon page that is a minimum requirement of membership at $50,000 a month for both of us. Yeah, I, the, think, I think that's reasonable. That's reasonable, right? I, I think, I mean, it's a low bar. <laughs> okay. I don't really want to get fired if we could not ever release episode one, two, and three. I think it's a life accomplishment. Done. On that note, episode seven has commenced. So we've arrived at at least a small template that we can go forward finally after... Several episodes of recording, six of them, them, a couple that people actually have access to that we want to maintain structure unless something random happens, meaning uh, we currently have an episode in the hopper, not to give anything away too much, but we have an episode that we're in the process of finishing recording and hosting where we are going to review, not review, add commentary to an episode six, five, I, I forget. Uh, of the, Star Wars. The movie's just called Star Wars. There's no episode title. It's just Star Wars. Star Wars A New Hope. That's what it's, it's called. It's not the title. The title was Star Wars. You guys added okay. this crap later. Gosh. Okay. <clears throat> we did a commentary track on Star Wars. We invited a friend. Yes. It's going to come out. It's going to be a Patreon. It'll be behind a $500 paywall. And we'll <laughs> see who's the pig and who's the chicken. Someone is the pig and they're committed uh, to this podcast. We'll see who it yeah. is, Moy. <laughs> so anyway, with that being said... Here's going to be our templates going forward, roughly. So what 30-day challenge are we currently involved in? The coolest discoveries we've made over the last 30 days. You need to realize this is implying we're actually going to record every 30 days, not six months, right? 100%. Got it. Okay. I'm committed. I'm the pig, not the chicken. (laughs) Got it. And then lastly, a small leadership moment slash words of wisdom from both of us. So with that being said, what... Actually, I'll kick this off. So a 30-day challenge update. Recently, over the New Year's, I follow a guy on YouTube called Matt Diavella. He has a podcast that's a pretty good podcast. I listen to it on a somewhat frequent basis, as well as a YouTube channel that he releases some videos, but he also has a Patreon where he does a lot more behind-the-scenes stuff. He created pretty much a viral video over Black Friday that talked about everything anti-Black Friday that was really interesting. Mm -hmm. But his 
New Year's resolution slash goal setting was a really good conversation about. He realized the reason he wasn't hitting his goals was because he tried to start everything at once. And this might be a foreign, a very familiar concept to a lot of people, right? Um, I've tried to lose weight many times. So, you know, you get up early, you try to run, you integrate, you know, smoothies and you go to the gym all, all at one time. Right. And within luckily if, you know, a week to two weeks, you're probably falling off all of them, if not most of them, um, by the end of that period. So his simple promise for this video premise for this video was just start one thing, make it a 30 day challenge, regardless of how ludicrous it is and see how it goes. And then after that 30 days, implement a new challenge. So some of the things he suggested were like, waking up early, going a month without coffee, going an entire month without buying something. He's into this whole minimalist philosophy. So he talks about like on day one, throw away one thing that no longer causes you joy. And then day two, throw away two things, day three, throw away three until you're on day 30, you've thrown away 30 things, right? I don't know how you would do John with this. How, how do you think you would do? Well, you've not thrown away 30 things, right? you've thrown away like 465 things it's a force multiplier yep uh so no i'm not doing that one um no marie kondo the whole thank it for its service and say goodbye not for me dude my wife is into that right now she she is she like watching netflix and oh my word it's like she's in like third trimester nesting mode oh man yeah without being pregnant without being pregnant which i like because she's energizing and whatever and our house is looking different every single day but you know it's it's fun times Hmm. secretly baby number four is on the way um no I, so i i do have you read tidying up have you done the book i have not it's interesting it was a it was really popular a couple of years ago and then the whole netflix thing happened and i, I do like it so i'm an editor i do believe in i I'm, I'm the anti-hoarder right i want minimalist things i do not like things on my counters i would like things to be clean I don't know that I'm ready to throw away my stuff, but I did make one commitment, which is when we were much younger, um, we owned a retail store. It was the first company I ever purchased. Uh, so the the gentleman that's going to be on a podcast later on the commentary track, his name's Greg Silvius, and Greg and I bought a retail store uh, named Chaos. Him, I, Mark, and Matt purchased it, and we sold Magic the Gathering, we sold Yu-Gi-Oh!, Star Wars, all these different games, and... uh Mark and I were sitting down one day talking about Magic, which was a game that I I loved playing. I think I would still love playing if I had the time. And uh, we were looking at some of the cards that we have, and the realization hit that we have thousands of dollars worth of cards that I don't touch. I mean, I keep them for this like weird, morbid idea that they're going to be worth more money one day, which no doubt they will. Until one day they're worth nothing. Or I could sell them and be done and move on to something else. And so I did make a bit of a commitment this month to price them out and find a way to thank them for their service and remove them from sure. my life. Yeah. Uh, because I think that it's a little bit time to do some of that. Yeah. So what's John's alluding to in that, like, if you haven't read Tidying Up or watched any Marie Kondo stuff, it's like before you hold something in your hand, does it currently cause you joy? And then if it no longer causes you joy, you have a moment and you say, thank you for your contribution to my life. And then it goes in the trash. It's that simple. And I can align with you a lot. Like that's a a principle my dad shared with me, I think growing up that rather than have 10 things that are variety, but crappy 
have one thing that's good quality. And that's something I've, you know, taking with me into marriage and that kind of stuff. So thus, Christine and I, when people, you know, walk in our house, it's not overly crowded. We don't have a lot of stuff, but we have nice things. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the whole concept. So, But the premise, you know, from Matt Diavella's challenge was really to do one single thing and make it just 30 days. So for me, I know this is probably on the horizon for me. I want to try to attempt to quit coffee for 30 days. That seems like a ludicrous idea. Why? Uh, Why? Yeah. I don't understand. Don't do that. A, a battle of self-will, as we will call it, right? Yeah. Yes, Catholics call that Lent. <laughs> so... Uh, but there you go. And, you know, whatever the habit is, whatever you're trying to do, it's worst thing that can happen is 30 days, right? And the best thing that can happen is, you know, something that I quit, you know, two years ago. I don't drink soda anymore. So something like that is, is what, you know, I'm trying to do. So my 30-day challenge right now, um, it just so happened that my work schedule kind of lined up this week where for the past five days in a row now, I wake woke up at 545 every single morning. Hmm. Um, even on my day off, which I totally was not expecting. So I hope, you know, five days in, I can get, you know, 30 days under my belt, but it's, it's definitely a challenge. The other 30 day thing that I'm doing right now, um, is actually a, a creative slash encouragement project for my pastor. And, um, he shared with us, um, some, you know, personal struggles over the holidays and that kind of stuff that he's going with. So I had the idea to record, 30 influential people in our church, get them on video for two to three minutes, basically saying a quote that makes something to them, potentially a scripture passage, and then just something, a characteristic about him that they love. Hmm. Filmed all of them, you know, batch filmed probably like 10 to 12, you know, in, in two or three different days. And I have 30 videos now. So every day for the next 30 days at seven o'clock in the morning, he gets a text with a link to a YouTube video that is just somebody trying to encourage him. Um, so that's kind of my two simultaneous 30 day challenges that are going on right now. I like it. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. You know, so new year's is a really reflective time for me. I think it is for many people and, and some people don't believe in the idea of a new year's resolution or quantifying. Yeah. And I get it. It's a little bit arbitrary, right? Like we pick this random date while we're going to talk about it. Um, but but I really do. Like, I find myself very reflective around New Year's and really thoughtful about kind of how did the year go? Where are the areas of my life that were good and where were the areas that needed help? And uh, I, we're going to get to it later in the third section. But, um, you know, I, I really sat down and kind of thought out this idea of a 30-day challenge. And if I do it over the course of 12 months, and I genuinely do it, right – like the way I see it isn't do th- something for 30 days and then replace it with something else for the next 30. I, I want to layer on. Mm-hmm. Like I, I really do. I, I want to, I don't want to give up coffee for 30. I'm not giving up coffee. <laughs> the roads of success happen. is paved with coffee. I get it. Yeah, uh, that is correct. Um, <laughs> but, but let's imagine for a second that that was the one you did. Like I would want to then make a whole year of that. And so I tried to think about what are the 12 things I want to accomplish this year And then kind of in order, what's the one where I would like 12 months of that? Mm -hmm. Where what's the one I would want one month of that, if that makes sense. So uh, I started um, in probably something really simple, but it's it's hard for me because it's a discipline that I don't have, which is a gratitude journal. Uh, I know a lot of people do them. I've never done one. I uh, found an app that I really enjoy uh, for doing that. And it's kind of a series of apps that do it. Uh, but this particular one is just called Grateful. 
and it's a prompt app. So it every day you log in and it, it gives you four different prompt options. So, you know, what are you looking forward to or what are you grateful for? Or what made you laugh today? Or what made you smile today? And uh, you can attach a picture to it, which is really nice. Hmm. And um, I have been every night taking a few minutes just to write in there. And sometimes it's very, very wordy. And uh, at one point this this uh, year so far, it was just one word. In each instance, I was really trying to be mindful of what was it about today that I appreciated in life. And I, my, I guess my belief is in this, that when I layer this one in for 12 straight months, that I'll be able to go back to this. And much like some people go back to their Instagram or their Facebook to see what they're doing, and I get to really kind of soak in what about 2019 was really important to me. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to tell me a really interesting story about my balance and are most of the things in there related to my family or related to my wife or related to work or, you know, and, and that's an interesting story in and of itself because you find these trend lines, right? Sure. And so I, I began just like you two things. I started that and I, I'm really proud that so far I ha I've not missed a day yet. And I've been able to put something in there every single day that I'm really grateful for. Uh, and then secondly, along this journey of getting my weight and my physical health where I want, um, I started very simply with this idea of I, I just need to work out four days a week in whatever capacity that is. I need to find a way four days a week to get to some form of aerobic exercise. Mm -hmm. um, and again, I, I've been able to do that every every um, week so far. And, you know, I really that is my, you know, <laughs> future state. That's my February challenge. February is 28 days, right? So it's a perfect four week challenge mm -hmm. is to, uh, to get to seven days a week in February. Um, but I figured if I can start January on this four day one and get the gratitude journal going now, February, I've got working out every day plus gratitude. Sure. And then I'll, I'll be really excited when we do the podcast in March to tell mm -hmm. you what that one is, but I've really thought about all 12 months and what I want to build in my life. Sure. So I have a couple of follow-up questions. Please. Because New Year's is a time of reflection for you, do you take, you know, a day, an afternoon, an hour? Like, what does that look like, right? So, like, I think typically most people take the the week after Christmas before New Year's as they like let loose. Nothing counts. It's like this this fluff week before stuff starts to happen, right? Um, so, like, when does that occur? What's the environment look like? What tools do you use? That kind of thing. Yeah, well, I, so so we're kind of answering question number three in the podcast now, but it's okay. I think sure. it's all right for me okay. to do this now. So, um, you know, one of the things that we uh, want to cover with our audience is something in leadership that we're thinking about or proud of or wanted to share. And uh, for me, this is something I discovered in a podcast that I'm really excited about because I was able to implement it in my work environment, but in my personal environment too. So there's a podcast uh, that I would strongly recommend called Good to Be Home. And uh, the two people that host it are Russ and Mika Perry. They are a husband and wife live in Scottsdale, Arizona. Russ owns a, a company called Design Pickle. And Mika um, is a mix. She's owned a few companies today. She's a stay-at-home mom. But it, it started because my, my wife discovered it. Now, my wife does not listen to podcasts. She's not like me. She doesn't have 60 podcasts and overcast at every minute. Um, but she found this one. And, and candidly, I don't even know how she found it, but... She told me about it, and I really enjoyed the idea that me and my wife might find something we both listen to. Mm -hmm. So I started listening to the first one, and I really enjoyed what they were talking about. I mean, there's 
duality in that. For one, it's a husband and wife, and so there's this really beautiful um, kind of uh, honest relationship that's happening that's not always pretty. Sure. Um, and, and you get that kind of wonderful world of marriage, right, where they're just bantering and, and having fun. But they do have some really great thoughts around business and life. And one of the things that Russ was talking about, he's part of a company called Warrior, and he does some work with his um, uh, patrons, I guess, mm -hmm. every year around goal planning. And so he talked about kind of separating people's lives into these four quadrants, body, being, balance, and business. And the idea is, so you start with that framework, right? And you set a goal one year from today. So body is always the easy one, right? What's your goal a year from today when it relates to your physical well-being? Yeah, so for me, that's a goal that I've set many times and not been able to accomplish. So it's funny you say that's easy, you know? Um, easy to think of. I, I don't mean easy to accomplish. Sure, but sure. But let's, let's go through it because I want to go through all four and I'm going to tell you what I did with it, okay? So so body, like give me a goal. So it's, it's now January 2020. We're a year from today. Sure. What are you physically doing that is different or that you're proud of a year from now? So not necessarily like a goal weight, but like an actual activity. I don't know. It could be a goal weight. Mine yeah. is. Yours could be running a marathon. What is something that you would say, man, that was a good like physical goal? Sure. I think for me, it, a combination of like being under 200 pounds, wear anything in my closet and be able to play with my kids without feeling fatigued, you know, at all. Okay, so we're just going to pick one of them okay. for the sake of this conversation. Sure. So let's wear anything. Is the in my first closet. one the most important? Wear anything in your closet. All right, that's yeah. the first goal. So great. So so we know that's the goal from a year from now. So ninety days from right now, what's the mile marker that you would have crossed that would have told you you're on the path to achieve that goal a year from now? Uh, it would have probably been like eating healthier. And under like 210 probably as far as a weight goes. Okay. So I'm going to hold you to the second one, not the first one, because the first sure. one's bullshit. That's yeah. arbitrary. That's a feeling. Yeah. Like the goal would be in 90 days, you're under 210. Yeah. Great. 30 days from now. Two, under 220. Great. Yeah. Tomorrow. Under whatever I'm at right now. I haven't weighed myself in like a week. Yeah, but you're not going to lose any weight tomorrow. Sure. So what's an actionable thing that you could do tomorrow that would set you on the path to the 30-day goal you just set? Got it. Uh, no sugar. No sugar tomorrow. Yeah. You, did you write it down somewhere? I have it. Uh, we'll get to it. But yeah, I have it in my streaks app. Great. Okay. So next. Okay. So that's body, right? Yeah. So then imagine a top right quadrant that says being. So in being, we're talking about the relationship with your partner or your prosperity. So either your wife or your kids. What is something in your relationship that you would set as a goal from a year from now that you would feel really proud of? Hmm. Maybe it's a trip somewhere. Maybe it's doing something together. What is it? Yeah, that's what I would say. We, uh, this is something Christine and I have been working on a lot recently, but we pretty much have at least monthly date nights at this point where we get sitters. It'd be awesome to take that to like biweekly, but logistically sometimes that's hard. I'd love for us to take a trip abroad somewhere we've talked a little bit about like potentially doing like a cruise or something like that okay so we'll go with that for the sake of the conversation yeah. great you have a cruise planned a year from now so yeah. 90 days from now what would be a mile marker that would tell you you're on path to that cruise have already researched the trip know where we're going and potentially like scouting out tickets 
Sure. 30 days. Um, <laughs> probably a lighter version of the, of the, the former. That, that's not a goal. So, uh, again, maybe do research on where we want to go. Okay. Tomorrow. Have the conversation with my wife and agree on that. We're actually going to do it and talk about like how we get there. Right. Okay. Being. So being is about the relationships with the people that aren't your partner or prosperity. So we're talking about relationships with other people. Maybe it's your mental well-being. Maybe it's your, um, something you want to learn, like learning a new language or uncovering something. Yeah. Um, and then the bottom right section is business. Mm -hmm. So I was listening to this podcast and I really thought, well, that's interesting. Like when I think about last year, the bottom right section went really well. Mm -hmm. I can think of a lot of things in my work life that were really good. Mm -hmm. When I think of the bottom left section, so being like, man, I, I don't, or balance, sorry. I don't, I mean, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I try to take in lots of information, but it's, it's very unintentional, right? Like it's, it's just like, give me the fire hose and I'll learn something from this. Sure. Okay. So then in the being section about my relationships with my wife or my kids, like, again, it's almost more survival than intentionality. Mm -hmm. And then in the top left body, well, I'm really unhappy there. Sure. Because I had a whole bunch of plans that I didn't follow up on. Yeah. So I started thinking, man, like, I don't think you can win in any of these categories unless you're successful in all of them, right? Sure. Like being in the dead center of those four quadrants is really where we want to be. Mm -hmm. So I, I started by planning my own, right? So I wrote some goals in each of the four areas and then thought about what was my one day, 30 day, 90 day plan for each. Then and from a workplace standpoint, I did that same thing with each of the leaders that I serve every day. Mm -hmm. And it was really captivating because what was interesting is all of them were able to give me typically three of the four. They came pretty easy. Like, mm -hmm. yep, I got a goal there. Got a goal there. But you get to one section. It was different for each person where they'd be like, Ooh, I, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what I, I don't know what I want to. And and then after lots of conversation and, and honestly, in every single case, tears, you uncover that there's this piece of you that you tend to kind of pull away from, right? And replace with these other areas. Mm -hmm. um, and so that, that podcast and that one concept from Russ Perry was really important, I think, for how I set up this year. Because while I don't know that I'll go win in all four of those quadrants, I do know maybe for the first time since I've been doing goal setting and we did a great goal setting, uh, unaired episode for $500,000 a year. That you'll be able to listen to <laughs> sure, sure. Was it a month or a year, 500,000 a month, yep. um, around goal setting last year. Like the goals were still very in one quadrant. And this is the first time I can say, honestly, I've got one in each area. And so that was something I discovered this year that, you know, not only am I really proud of, and I'm really proud as a leader to, to have done that work with my team. Sure. Uh, but personally, I'm really proud to have gone through that because it it helped me to discover like, oh my God, my goals were so one-sided. Mm -hmm. And there's so much more to life than that. And when you're imbalanced anywhere, you're imbalanced everywhere. Sure. 
Yeah, and it's funny how each one is related to another, right? So like obviously hectic times at work could potentially throw you out of balance for your body, you know? Or if you have bad stuff happening with your being, your family life, kids, that kind of stuff, that can derail all the others. So I do want to make sure I clarify, I think just from verbiage standpoint, difference between being and balance, you said? Being is family, friends, uh, kids, that kind of stuff. And balance is what? So being is partner and prosperity. So that is your wife and kids only. Okay. So going on a trip with Christina would be a great being goal. Balance is uh, um, is kind of three different things. It could be relationships with the people outside of your wife and kids. Mm-hmm. It could be your mental balance. It could be your intellectual balance. Got it. So it might be learning a language. It might be meditating every day, or it might be deepening a relationship with a friend. Cool. Thanks for clarifying that. Yeah. And and you know, it's funny. He said it the first time. And I think I, I almost glossed over it. Like, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Goal setting. We all Mm -hmm. do that. But it was actually when he went down to the one day thing that I really had the moment of like, how often do we set a 30 day goal with no one day goal? Sure. And then you're 29 days in and you're like, oh, that wasn't a 30 day goal. That was a one day goal. Sure. That I gave myself 30 days to do because I'm you know, procrastinate. No, so I think that's a really great tangible way because I think we've all come up with 30, 60, 90s before or, you know, the typical New Year's resolution. But the action item of adding, okay, cool, like what's tomorrow look like on top of that uh, just provides a different heightened level around that goal. So I like that. Um, it's funny. Did you read my post on the gratitude is the way? Did I read your post? It was on Medium? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Okay. So like that, you know, for me, it it, it was like nine months ago though, or 10 months ago. It was a long time. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't, I write on there when like something like just seizes me. Uh, that's when I write on there. But like, I just had this moment of where gratitude kind of really overcame me and that's what that post came from so i and the whole concept is like if you're depressed wherever you're at like express what you're thankful for and grat grat gratitude will come and will kind of trump everything else so i love that it is it is really important to be appreciative of the people that make you you because we are all very broken people there are amazing amounts of things that are wrong with all of us and while many people may pretend to not have things going bad, we all do, right? Um, and I think when you can see the good in most humans and really appreciate them for what is good and then help them with what is bad, that that is humanity and what makes us us. Sure. So, yeah. So I guess uh, not to jump around, but that was the uh, the leadership thing that I wanted to share because I thought it was really meaningful and um it, uh, it connected to us. So maybe we can come back to topic two, but maybe you want to share your leadership thing now. Sure. I don't even know if I have much depth after that, but, um, my pure one was honestly the thought of, um, givers always can. So it's the thought that, um, some people, and I think we've talked about before, like my three line mantra for Ashton Kutcher about like, be smart, be generous, be thoughtful. The generous saying there really is followed by something my pastor said in a message recently, and it's just the phrase, givers always can. And some people live a life of, it kind of goes back to the hoarding concept, but 
either you're generous or you're stingy and generous, not just in monetary things like money, um, finances, gift giving, whatever, but trying to be a person who is giving actively to somebody else to make their life better, um, is a trait that there, there's an inherent thing that goes against our minds that says, if I give something away, I'm diminishing what I have, right? Whether it's, it's food, physical item things, my, my mental capacity, my emotional, you know, connection with somebody like in giving away, I'm losing, right? But the concept of generosity is really interesting to me recently where it is in that giving truly that we receive. And the fact is, if you truly make it a point in life to try to give and be generous in your time, talents, treasure, you always will have the capacity to do so, regardless of where you're at financially, emotionally, or physically. And that to me, that thought and concept of just really, that's one of the things that's been seizing me recently is where can I be more generous in my life? Is it with my talents? Is it with my treasure? Is it with um, the things that are before me? Um, and really just trying to give without ever there being a thought that the person I'm giving to could do something for me that could, it's not a quid pro quo. It's not, I scratch your back, you scratch mine, but truly giving, never expecting anything return specifically to a person that doesn't even have the capacity in the future to do so. So for me, like if it's in a position that I'm leading somebody, right. And this person that I'm talking to has no capacity whatsoever to get me promoted and further along in my career or whatever, or if it's somebody that I know that is destitute, right. I'm giving my finances. There's no way in the future, potentially, unless their life drastically changes around that they have the capacity to give back to me. So trying to truly give selfish, self selflessly with no thought of return ever being in, in, in the path in the future. Um, and that to me is really, um, what I would encourage people, you know, however we're leading is just be a generous person in that. And to be the fact that like givers always can. Yeah, I love that. I think, um, you know, I've talked to a lot of young couples about the difference between reciprocity and altruism. And I think foundationally in a great relationship, that is, that is the dividing line Yeah. In early and young love, like it's all about reciprocity, right? It is I do for you, you do for me. Yeah. I give you, you give me. I take care of this, you take care of that. Mm -hmm. And what I tend to find in folks that are um, engaged in, I, I don't want to say immature relationships, but ones that don't feel as foundationally secure is that it is about what I trade you, right? It's a contract. And... It is. And, and then there's these ones that are genuinely based in altruism, which is this outward love of another human being, which you do not because you get something back, but because you gain fulfillment in just doing for others. Mm -hmm. And that is what a great servitude leader does. It is what a great partner does. It is the moments where I think people should look at their own lives and where they find that they're seeking reciprocity, where they should stop and say, how did I get here? Mm-hmm. How did I get to this place where I'm doing this so I get back? Because that is inherently selfish. And it is usually where bitterness and the frustration of any relationship begins. And, and it's not to pretend that that won't happen to all of us, because I think in every case it will happen at some point. But it is about being able to be mindful when that does happen and say, well, wait a minute. That isn't how I loved you or cared for you when I started. 
Sure. That isn't the way I led you when I began. Mm -hmm. So what happened? How did I get here? What changed that I began feeling this way? Mm -hmm. Um, And I I think you're incredibly on the nose about what will provide real fulfillment to people in their work life and their personal life. And, you know, it's a wonderful season to be talking about it because obviously it was Martin Luther King Day just a few days ago. And if you go through... I, I pick a quote from the man, right? Sure. Like that idea of uh, of being in service to others and really caring about kind of the greater good is something that you know I, I'm I am amazed when I talk to my kids many decades later that is still fundamentally one of the most appropriate teachings that I'll ever give. Sure. And the quote that, you know, that you're alluding to is, um, life's most persistent and urgent question is what are you doing for others? And that's, that's a seizing one. Um, this is a suit kind of, I mean, it might strike some of our audience weird or or maybe even you, John, but like I was given a book over Christmas. It's a super religious book, but it's basically called the love dare. And the idea is like, it's a, it's a challenge between husband and wife or whoever, you know, has the receiver of the book, but for 30 days, it kind of sets a goal for how you're going to love your spouse. And like it start day one, super simple, right? Don't say anything negative for that entire day to your spouse, nothing whatsoever. And then, you know, the second day kind of builds upon that. Now on, on top of not saying something negative, also say something positive when you can. Day three is, you know, give something financially to them, like a gift of financial means. Right. So I'd recommend that. Like I'm, you know, like a week into that, you know, at this point, cause I started not January 1st, but a couple weeks after, but, um, it's, it's a kind of a great premise as far as husband and wife goes specifically in that relationship and how to like give to each other and not selfishly expect something back. So, yeah, I think it's, I think it's beautiful. And, and it's funny you pulled the, the license persistent urgent question quote, because it is one of my favorites, but really what's amazing about Dr. King is like, you can go there, you can go to the, what is it, the ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands at the moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands at the moment of challenge and controversy, mm. that the day life ends is the day that you become silent about the things that matter. Like, it pick, pick one. Sure. Like, it was in his ethos to give to other people and to care about the ultimate change that he wanted. And I, I think I always find this particular month and that particular day to be this really teachable moment for my kids of like, man, like it is one thing to give your time. It, it is a different thing to give your life to something. Right. And, you know, few of us will ever get that chance to stand in front of people and and share with great conviction what we believe and to really shape the the change in humanity but you know we all have an opportunity we all have these moments where you could stand up for what's right um and gosh i i hope if anything in the time that i get to lead other people that i remind them daily of their ability to influence other humans and to make them better because this is what makes humanity special is this ability to learn and grow and evolve and change and and to daily challenge to get better And the belief that that's possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's good. Absolutely. We were really deep there. Uh, we ending this on coolest discoveries in the last 30 days. Seems kind of shallow compared to what we've been talking about. Uh, yeah, but I think our podcast has this 
fun. So, so Michael, who's a friend of ours, texted me after our last podcast and said, I waited three months and that's what you gave me. <laughs> you gave me like 30 minutes of, of camera stuff. And I'm like, well, listen, not every day is going to have this. Like not every day we're going to hit a third rail. Um, but I think it's fun. I think it's fun to go through the things that we discovered in the last 30 days that, uh, was interesting, whether it's a product, a tool, a piece of media, you know, sure, just something that's made our life a little bit better. Yeah. So I don't have a problem with that. I know you've got two. So why don't you share one? Uh, then I'll share one and then you can end on your, your other one. So my first one, I think John and I definitely have this trait in common, especially when it comes to technology. Before we ever buy anything, there is a body, uh, sometime embarrassingly much body of research that comes into it before we actually purchase and hit the buy button. There is occasionally that, you know, impulse buy that we, you know, whatever, but most of the time, if it's something that is going to feed it, fit a need, there's a lot of hours of research that we would not care to admit that goes into it. So for me, the first one was actually something that I purchased over Christmas with some gift cards and money from other relatives, but also some of my own. And it's a studio light called the Godox SL60. Now, it's a random product. I'll tell you a little bit of a backstory. In photography and videography right now, especially on YouTube, if you see anybody that's worth their salt and it's lit in a good, you know, nice way, it's probably the light behind that is either going to be one of two lights. That's an Aperture 120D or an Aperture 300D with a specific Aperture light box on top of it. All in all, that setup at the cheapest with a light box and light included is about a grand. Light's about 750 by the time you get a nice stand for it and the actual softbox, you're right at $1,000. So I started doing some research and like a key, a nice key light, you know, when it comes to videos is kind of an essential thing, unless you're doing like something vlog style where, you know, it's not possible. But so I started doing some research on like cheaper alternatives and I found this Godox is a pretty well-known brand. You know, it's kind of like middle tier quality, I would say. But this specific light, it's a 60 watt light. It's a micro LED chip, just like the aperture, but it's $134 total. So you're talking a sixth of the overall price of potentially an aperture 120D. So paired that with a nice 37 inch softbox, also from Godox, and you're talking 170, 180 bucks potentially after tax for this amazing, beautiful studio light. And I've just been, I, I, I'm wondering why I didn't try to make this investment earlier. Um, I have a super nice camera, super nice lens, great audio, um, some good, you know, stabilizers and tripods and that kind of stuff. But I'm wondering why I waited this long to pull the trigger on a nice studio light. And now like, I I'm just, it's amazing. Um, so a couple different channels I can link to like in our, our show notes, as far as that helps me out in this purchasing process. But that to me is one of the biggest investments I made that have paid off a, a bunch in the last 30 days. Yeah, if we figure out our stuff, there'll be an Amazon page where you can all buy from. It'll contribute to our podcast. Affiliate but, links, yeah. <clears throat> affiliate links, yeah, it's the dream. Uh, that is awesome. You know, so if you guys haven't checked out Drew's YouTube page or seen his video just in the new year, that's something you kind of gave up a little bit last year. Oh, yeah. So you, you lost your spirit for kind of what the next video would be, but you picked it back up this year. And uh, personally, it was a great watch. I really enjoyed that. Cool. Um, and watched you getting back into it. And you could see just in your tonality that there's a, an excitement back and enthusiasm back to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely took like a probably six month hiatus after my trip to Africa. There was just an overwhelming amount of content to comb over 
but then the, you know, always the originality and, you know, wanting to be new and relevant and that kind of stuff that kind of went aside and just said, you know what, I'm going to try to document what I'm trying to discover and working on, on somewhat of a frequent basis. Cause I'm always creating something, whether it's for myself or for my church or, or a friend. Um, but now it's kind of just having people see the behind the scenes of that and my process of that. And just honestly, it goes back to the whole giving principle, but just trying to add value to people's lives. Yeah. Love it. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to give two simple ones that I think are are great. So uh, if you guys know what Drew and I do for a living, there's some areas we can't talk about. So there's lots of fun discoveries we have, but sure. they are not in our purview to talk about, but there are some that I'm really excited to talk about. So uh, a book I'm reading and then a product that I purchased okay. uh, this last quarter. So uh, a book is a book that I've owned for about two years, but I haven't read. And ironically, it's by my favorite author. So Patrick Rothfuss is my favorite author. He wrote a book called The Name of the Wind and a follow-up called The Wise Man's Fear. And the last of his three-part series, The Door of Stone, will come out at some point in the next few years. Patrick is amazing. He is one of the most poetic writers of our time. He writes fantasy books, which I don't typically like. But um, his writing style is so unique that I really love it. He has a novella called A Slow Regard of Silent Things. And one of my commitments this year is to read 12 books. So each month to read one. And this particular novella is not for everybody. It is not furthering the story of Kavoth and and a name uh, of the wind, but it is poetically written. It is brilliant. If you ever want to appreciate how to use an adjective in a way you've never thought of, you should read this book. He describes items, landscapes, and feelings using words that feel wrong Hmm. until you hear him read them. And then they sound so right. Hmm. So whether you buy the book or you read the audiobook, the audiobook is actually read by him. And he opens it up by saying, you will probably hate this book. This is not for most people, <laughs> but it is a really good one. And I suggest it. Sure. The second one is a product and it is by my favorite camera related company. Their name is Peak Design. I know you use their stuff, Drew. Okay. I use their stuff. I think they make some of the most integrated and wonderful products that I've ever owned. And uh, I kickstarted their last product, which was the Travel Backpack 45 liter. Did you see that one? Mm-hmm. So this is a very large backpack. I mean, this I am not a very large man, and this is big. 45 liters. So to give you context, they currently, before this Travel Backpack, they had a 20 liter and a 30 liter. John made a lot of fun of me for why would I need a 30 liter when I bought mine. And now you're saying you got the 45 liter. Well, that is correct. So please tell me more. Okay. So the 45 liter backpack is a bit ridiculous. It's almost a duffel bag, but they, I feel like they just think about everything. So from the choice of the zippers that they used to the way that they waterproofed it to the different areas that you can open it, this bag is flexible in being a bag for carrying clothing to being a camera bag to kind of being everything in between. And I had my first opportunity to use it. Uh, before the new year, I took a quick uh, one, uh, two day trip to California and used this as my camera slash, you know, duffel bag, right? I had all my clothes in it. And they do some of the most wonderful things, like their packing cubes, for example. You put your clean clothes in it, and it has these pull away zippers to be able to access them. But on the flip side of it, it has a different pull away zipper, and the inside changes where it is. So as you fill up the opposite side with dirty clothes, the bag 
you know, keeps the same amount of physical space, but it moves where that space is to move from a clean clothes bag to a dirty clothes bag. Mm-hmm. And uh, this bag is ridiculous. It is uh, similar to the book I just recommended. It is not for everybody. And I do not think that you should buy it to take your stuff to work. But if you have <laughs> a camera, multiple lenses, a drone, some clothes, uh, and you want the best possible travel bag to do that, this is the one. And one of my dreams this year, whether it's BAM for the Grand Canyon, is to take a hiking trip somewhere and take my gear and go really shoot something special. And uh, this bag I purchased is almost a $300 promise that this is what I want to do this year. There you go. Um, and it is super good. So uh, it is the Peak Design 45 liter. I One of the things I really like about it is it has these really cool buttons that make it a 35 liter day bag, um, which is still egregious. And I made fun of you for all the right <laughs> reasons because no one should carry that. Sure. Um, but man, I got to tell you, like taking this one on an airplane, I've never felt so equipped to travel in my entire life. Sure. And it comes in matte black. It is a beautiful black. I really like it. It's an olive color too, but I got the black one with all the black things. And the, uh, uh, not the tangent, but the tech pouch that they make is the best version of a tech pouch I've ever seen. It's so um, well designed and is the first time where I've traveled with all of my mag safes and lightning chargers and USB-C chargers and portable hard drives and and you have all these things, but it feels like you almost have nothing with you. Mm-hmm. It's really, really good. That's cool. So on that note, we haven't talked about this, but we definitely need to plan a trip to shoot the Milky Way together. Yeah. So I have two kind of, well, so I, one, I'm going to tell you about how I'm an idiot, but I do have two bucket list kind of concepts in photography. I, I, I really want to shoot the Milky Way in a beautiful way. Sure. And Gosh, dang, I realized that I'm just imitating Peter McKinnon here, but I want to go to freaking Banff. <laughs> sure wanna, you do. That is so Lorraine, unbelievable. Lorraine Lake. That? Yeah. I, I mean, our wives can like stay at a lodge and, sure. you know, Christine can watch Lindsay drink or something. But like, man, <laughs> my God, can we go to Banff? Yeah. Yeah. Can you figure that out for us? I could totally do that. Oh, my God. As long as I could tie in like a, some kind of fishing trip, that'd be amazing. So you can fish. I will eat whatever you catch <laughs> i'll go pescatarian for that 30 days <laughs> that'll be my 30 day challenge we can eat your fish i'll go fishing with you it'll be terrible but i'll do it yeah all right the my last thing that i discovered the last 30 days honestly is safe the opposite in the spectrum my wife after i bought this she's like we need more of these things in your life oh god um i don't even know how to pronounce this right i'm, I'm guessing it's it's mikey it's the MK-S-AF3B plastic autofocus micro, macro extension tube. Now, I'll give you some backstory. I follow a YouTuber named Daniel Schiffer, and he posted a video recently about how he bought these macro extension tubes for his camera um, and absolutely loved them. So I bought them. I, honestly, this is one of the impulse buys. I did not buy because of the price. It was only $25 for two extension tubes, and I'll give some backstory. So in the current lineup of Sony lenses, they have two macro lenses. They have a 100 G Master and they have a 90 G Master. The 90 G Master arguably is one of the most sharp portrait lenses on the planet right now, but it is a macro lens. It's like $1,100 for just the lens. So I, in my own mind, I was like, man, I would really like some kind of macro lens, you know, to shoot B-roll of product that I'm going to showcase on my YouTube video or, or what have you. 
And, but I'm like, I don't want to drop $1,100 because I really want to be saving for the 7200 G Master that our friend has two of, you know. But I was like, if only there was like some kind of solution. So enter these extension tubes. So literally this is a, a autofocus enabled extension tube that goes between the lens and the camera and enables macro shots. And instantly, as soon as I got this in the mail, unboxed it, put it on my camera, started shooting pictures of the mic that I was going to showcase in the external recorder and was just blown away for 25 bucks. I basically just saved myself the hassle and trouble of buying a macro only lens for my kit. And this solves for the quality. And and I'm sure there's a lot of difference between this and the 90 millimeter G master from Sony, but this definitely solves the need that I wanted to great, get great B roll slow motion, that kind of stuff for my shots. I can light in a really artistic way with like a blue light on the left-hand side and a red light on the right-hand side with a nice, you know, kind of wood-grained desk in the, as the background. And they're amazing. I, I can't say enough good about them. So if you're a Sony E-mount user, get these. It's it's well worth the the 25 measly dollars that you will spend for them. If you wanted this, if 25 bucks is going to break the bank, they do have a cheaper non-autofocus version and they are $15 on Amazon. So that is, uh, that's my last coolest discovery I'll share right now. Yeah. I think it's always interesting. Those little things that make all the difference and they really have to fit what you're trying to do. Sure. Um, we have a friend named Michael that he, uh, he's a heck of a chef. I mean, the guy can definitely, um, put you to shame by cooking something that'll make you feel like you should not cook anymore. Um, and I've seen his, his photos on Instagram. They're amazing. Yeah. So his girlfriend bought him a light box for Christmas. Oh, sweet. And so all his new photos, he got some really beautiful bone China and he's shooting in a light box. And so his photos went from already pretty to looking like they're professionally done. Sure. And it, it is that thing where you're like, man, it does not cost a fortune to do that. You do not have to spend thousands of dollars. Like you have to have a point of view, something mm-hmm. you actually care to shoot. Right. And then buy the thing that allows you to express that point of view. Sure. Which is why I'm a terrible photographer because I have no point of view. <laughs> John is so uh, there, one of John's. Therefore, I, pro- I produce nothing. Yeah. One of John's not so great quality uh, about him is he's a you know, self-deprecator. So. Anyway, I call it by it's charming, actually. Um, Yeah. So. So a couple things that uh, I just want our audience to know. So uh, we we've made some commitments going forward because Drew said, if I don't make these commitments then he's going to disown me. So so these are them. Uh, We are going to we're going to put content out once a month. We're going to just put something out there. We're going to try to stick to a format like this of giving you something that we are doing for ourselves, our 30 day challenge something that we want to leave you, the audience, or uh, someone else with from a leadership point of view and something that we've discovered, whether it's a a book or a a movie or whatever that is, uh, just something in the world that we've found. Um, We're both consumers, so it might always be something we bought, but that's okay. Um, And uh, and we'd like to know from you if it's good. Like, do you like it? Is it it okay? Is it something you want to hear? So, uh, send us a comment, go to Drew's YouTube page and blow him up. That'd be great for the comments. I don't want to hear any of them, but he'll read all of them if that's fine. Uh, and we'd like to know, is this something that you want to keep hearing? Cause if it is, we're going to keep doing it. Yeah. If this gets big enough, uh, maybe we can even do like an ask me anything based on my YouTube comments one day. That'd be kind of fun. Uh, I, I, I mean, my dream is to be good enough that you invite me to your YouTube channel. Sure. You have to send me a light. I'll, I'll do that. Yeah. 
and a camera. <laughs> yeah. Sony A7R3, please. Yeah. With a, uh, yeah. That, that's, my, that's my mobile kit. <laughs> All right. With that being said, episode seven is in the books. Until next time. <laughs>